0: Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe,
1: or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Navy Federal is proud to serve active duty service members from all branches of the service and veterans and their families. Visit NavyFederal.org for more details and to apply. Hey, Air Force veteran Matt Butler, great to have you back on the show. I think it's been three or four years at least um, since we had you on the show back when you were heavily into promoting your outdoor game rollers. I wanted to bring you back on the show because you got a great new product coming out here soon that's on Kickstarter. It's uh, the Tally Tumbler, which is a great, uh, we'll get into more of the details, but a cool way to keep score when you're playing all those outdoor games. And believe me, that's very important because we've been in many arguments with good friends playing these outdoor games that we play, so... Um, having, trying to keep score um, in the midst of uh, other things going on and lots of chaos is, is a big deal, which I'm sure is why you invented it. But anyways, before we get into all that, take us back as a reminder, tell us what you did when you were in the Air Force.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, so I was in the Air Force uh, 20 years. And uh, I f- flew on a reconnaissance aircraft called Joint Stars for the majority of my time. Did a lot of deployments, spent a lot of time overseas, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, overseas locations, Middle East primarily, uh, but a little bit of uh, Asia as well and, and that type of uh, AOR. Um did some staff tours, uh, worked at the Pentagon, worked at uh, Air Combat Command, uh, so I had a great time, and then uh, I now reside in the Panhandle of Florida in uh, Destin, Florida right now, mm-hmm. so by Eglin Air Force Base and Hurlburt Field, uh, and in regards to um, rollers which uh, it's an outdoor game. It's a, a fusion of uh, different traditional outdoor games that have been on the market for a long time, like bocce ball, bowling, and horseshoes. Uh, it's, it's a product I created in my garage about uh, 10 years ago and uh, saw... Uh, you know, a slight increase in sales and kept selling it, went to a bunch of uh, arts and craft fairs and shows kind of interesting just because we had uh, the demographics there where people selling candles and other things. And you got this guy, I'm coming in, you know, with an outdoor game, but it did really well. And so I I just kind of evaluated the market and uh, saw that there was a need for it and just uh, kept selling. And so when I transitioned out of the military I pretty much just went all in on it. I uh, did about eight trade shows as soon as I got out. Um, Went to a bunch of different uh, camping and toy and game fairs and things like that. Uh, And we've got it in probably about a thousand different retailers. So it's been a a fun uh, journey so far. And that's what I've been doing the past couple of years since I got out of the Air Force.
1: That's awesome. Now, you are a member of the Check of the Month Club uh, since you were able (laughs) to retire. But you actually have... um, uh, you actually are, have been able to do your inventing and product development and product marketing pretty much gone all in with entrepreneurship since you retired.
0: Yep, definitely a hundred percent. And then one thing which I've had a, um, an honor so far, to been able to do is I also teach boots to business for transitioning veterans. Awesome. I'm actually a graduate. I went to that program two times before, and then I got asked to, to uh, teach. And I did that through the veteran business outreach center and the Institute of veterans for military families. So when I have time and when there's availability, I also teach that. So it's been uh, very rewarding to be able to, to give back my experiences and, and teach that to, to folks that are transitioning out of the military.
1: Now, the Boots to Business program, uh, j- for those of you that haven't heard of it, that, that's part of a, one of the SBA programs, right?
0: Yes, correct. There's kind of a three-tier program for TAP or Transition Assistance Program. Mm-hmm. One is they, they kind of tear it into, are you looking to find another job? And if you are, let's help you with your resume. Uh, if you're looking to go back to school and want to utilize your GI Bill, uh, going that route and prepare you for school. Mm-hmm. Or if you're looking uh, from uh, owning a business and, and getting to become an entrepreneur, uh, there's some avenues for that approach. You're kind of looking at different avenues depending on which direction the person transitioning out is looking to go.
1: Awesome. Talk through a little bit of the process where that you learned when you invented your rollers game. Basically, you're 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 an in, you invented it and you're you invented it and then you got it manufactured basically in product development and then some of the aspects of, of marketing and sales and what some of your um, highs and lows were in that experience.
0: Oh, man, there's, there's so many highs and lows when it, when it comes to this business. And that's what's always fun to, to talk to other uh, product developers and people that have products on the market, because there's always a high and then there's always a low that's going to come at some point. You just don't know when and where and you try and eliminate as much as you can those lows. Uh, so it's always great to, to uh, trade those stories with, with other people. Um, it, on a lot of the military bases, they have uh, woodworking um facilities and and when i was overseas in uh, italy i kind of took advantage i had some free time and started learning about woodworking and tooling um and then on one of my deployments i just conceived the concept of a game when i got back from the deployment you know you have that R rest and recuperation time that's when i thought uh as i organized getting back from the deployment i i created a prototype for the game and uh, that's when i showed it to some friends and family uh, and all of them said, you know, great game. We love it, you know, and, and I wanted to move beyond that where friends and family were out of the equation because the most important part when it comes to a service or a business that you have or a product is will somebody that might not be associated with you actually give you the credit card or for, for, fork over money to pay mm-hmm. you for the product? I mean, that's that's what you really want. Yeah. Uh, that was why I uh, earlier I mentioned going to an arts and craft fair and show because I wanted to see if people would actually pay for this product. I had about 50 of them at the time and I sold out of them on the first day. So then that's when that, that wow. uh, uh, you know, light the uh, light bulb idea popped on and said, I might have something here. And that's when I started uh, making a bunch of phone calls in regards to who does wood manufacturing and how does this mass manufacturing process work? And and I think that's with anyone Uh, Out there, that's in product development. You're, you know, you have an idea. It's it's best to prototype it, and conceptually make sure that it makes sense. You know, start looking along the road of of what are the cost, how am I going to package it, uh, and all of those things. Because what you know, in the end, you have to come up with what do you want to sell it to the customer for, and what's it manufactured, what's your cost of goods you know, the, the difference between that, the margin, that's what you retain. And so you just really have to evaluate, uh, is there room for uh, a business within that?
1: Yeah. You know, and you're so. basically starting from scratch. I mean, you'd never done anything like this before.
0: Nothing at all. Yeah, exact. First time. And like I said, each each item along the way has been been a journey. You know, the packaging, you know, how do you go get a UPC code? I have, you know, I had no idea how to do that. I had to mm-hmm. research how to find, how to get a UPC code. And how do I set up a business? Even setting up a business, I didn't really know. So I would, I would watch YouTube videos. I'm in Florida. So I did a limited liability company in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were great, too. I mean, the, the state uh, has great... Um, um, business, the business chamber here locally. So that, that's a great place to connect with other people. If you need, say, for example, insurance or legal or anything like that, or starting a business, mm-hmm. take a look at your chamber. They've got some great resources there.
1: Yeah. Chamber SBA SBA. Yep. And then there's all a whole host of other, um, uh, specialty programs for veterans and military spouses. Um, you mentioned the IVMF, which is up there at Syracuse university Institute for veterans and military families. I've had them on the show several times doing great things. There's just, there's really an unlimited supply of help out there. You just use you a veteran or somebody that's still in the military. You just need to go ask. You need to go find it. and You need to tell them you need help because no one's really going to come knocking on your door and say, Hey, let me help you. Um, if they <laughs> right, don't even know right. what you're doing. So, and you know, a lot of veterans fall into that trap. They just, we just don't go ask for help. And we don't realize there's folks like you and uh, a whole bunch of other folks out there that are way ahead, way down the runway from from us that uh, can can offer a lot of help and assistance. And um, so, so you, the the outdoor game rollers is still going on. You've been you've been selling the rollers for uh, how many years now? Several years, right?
0: It's been about uh, seven years. I've been selling. Yeah, no,
1: kidding. Yeah, and still going strong. And we were like we were discussing before the before I hit the record button. Your biggest problem in the last few years, it's just been running out of inventory, which is a great problem to have for a product. It, it,
0: yeah, it definitely is. So one one of the challenges, inventory management, and what's different about rollers is it's very seasonal, meaning the months of January, February uh, are very, very low. It starts to increase in March. And then our is reached in June, uh, June, July. And then it starts to go back down in October and September. September, October really... Uh, slow months again until the holidays. And mm-hmm. so I have a hard time figuring out what is the projection going to be when we get to that next you know, sales trajectory and pinnacle. And then we go back down and back up. Uh, and as I, we, we were chatting before, is going into uh, 2020 before COVID, uh, I doubled down on my inventory and thinking I might have too much inventory going into COVID because things would be or starting to get shut down. And it did the opposite. The social distancing actually increased my sales because friends and family and neighbors were looking to do things together. I mean, still social distance, but you know, together as a family in the backyard, and our sales went through the roof. I mean, we did a couple hundred percent more than normal and sold out right in our, you know, highest selling season in July and August. And I couldn't get enough inventory uh, manufactured in time. So it was mm-hmm. a great year. Um, but you know, I think the body you know, you know, doesn't know the difference between if you have too much inventory, you're stressed out and collecting dust on your inventory. And if you don't have enough inventory, you're sold out and you want more inventory, but you're still stressed out either way. So I don't know how to find that fine balance between that. That's why I say inventory management, specifically because of the up and down sales cycle Mm -hmm. makes it more challenging. But let's say, for example, I was selling a pillow or a toothbrush or something that we kind of use day-to-day or a razor, Mm -hmm. you can see a trajectory. You might get it bumped up in the holidays because of, you know, Christmas gifts and such, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't make a difference. If it's January or July, you still have kind of a steady uh, product sell-through rate, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Well, Hey, um, hold that thought. Um, We're going to take a quick break and we're going to start talking about your tally tumbler, which is the next thing you got coming out here soon. So hold on. Navy Federal Credit Union doesn't just serve the Navy. They also serve the Army, Marine Corps, Air Force, Coast Guard, and even the Space Force. I was in the Marine Corps for 24 years. I've had a Navy Federal Credit membership for over 30. So no matter where you are in your military career, they offer the products and resources to help you navigate your finances, like the Navy Federal More Rewards American Express card, which offers three times points at supermarkets, food delivery, and gas, plus one point in everything else. That means Grubhub, DoorDash, or whatever your favorite food delivery service is. Enjoy special perks and points you can redeem for cash, travel, gift cards, and more. Plus, earn bonus points. Learn more about how you can get 25,000 points, which is a $250 value, when you open a Navy Federal More Rewards American Express card today. Visit NavyFederal.org for more details and to apply. Insured by NCUA. American Express is a registered service mark of American Express used by Navy Federal under license. Emergency air medical transport can be expensive, and with all the sacrifices you made to protect our country, you deserve financial peace of mind. An AMCN membership can protect your family and finances, allowing you to worry less about what matters most. AirMedCare Network provides access to life-saving emergency care around the country, and their members enjoy an added value. Members pay no out-of-pocket costs for emergency air medical transport when flown by an AMCN member in a life or death situation, you don't have time to worry about cost. Emergency air medical transport can be expensive and health insurance may not cover the full cost for as little as $85 a year. an air med network membership covers your entire household. It's security. No family should be without for a limited time. As a veteran on the move listener, you'll get up to $50 e-gift card when you join visit airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash vet and use offer code VET. That's V-E-T. All right, back talking with Air Force veteran Matt Butler, inventor of the Rollers, which is an outdoor game. Um, uh, real good in- info on your experience with in- inventing your first product and taking it to market. And um, Not many people get it right on the first product like you did, so it's an it's a incredible story. You got a new product coming out, the Tally Tumbler, and you've got it on Kickstarter and actually, yeah. just yes, just yesterday, you reached your full funding uh, limit, or whatever however that works on Kickstarter. You put in a certain amount, and when you hit that, you're g- you're going to get the money, right?
0: Exactly. So there's a couple crowdfunding platforms that are out there. Kickstarter is the most well known platform out there. There's another one called. Um, Indiegogo. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we decided I've got a partner in this, in this uh, first time working with a partner, as we discussed rollers, that's, that's just solely myself. Also my wife as well. Um, But Tally Tumblr was a uh, product that I wanted to work with somebody else through this. And uh, we decided why not give the crowdfunding a try and how crowdfunding works is you are pre-ordering a product and you are getting it at a discount. If you're the customer, you're getting it at a discount, but you're not going to get the product until a later point. And so for me as a manufacturer, that gives me uh, the financial resources to move forward with getting molds created or getting product created or packaging and all of that. And then I come. I have a timeline to ship the product out to the, to the customer based off of that. Yeah, And so um, we created a page on there that explains our journey and what we're doing in our product. And and basically, the the product that we created, is uh, the product name is called uh, Tally Tumbler. And it's a stainless steel tumbler. And I know everyone probably has a stainless steel tumbler. They have a Yeti or they have a, um, what's the one for Walmart? Arctic is, you know, the other brand. So this is a tumbler, very similar. We've got all of them. Yeah, yeah. And so the difference is if you can imagine around the um circumference of the uh tumbler are rings, and these rings click into place for keeping score. That's where the tally and the name comes in. You're tallying the score together. Mm-hmm. And we've got different versions of these tumblers. There's one for golf for keeping score. Um, for your golf game, we have one for tennis, and then we have one that's a generic one for outdoor games and um That was a product that came up because due to rollers and being involved in outdoor games, I saw a lot of people wondering what the score is. They might have had some drinks. They wanted some easy, convenient way to keep track of their score besides just having an app. You know, there's a lot of apps that are out there and hey, that's fine too. But we just took kind of a uh, a mashup of just a tumbler and keeping score of something versus having a separate scorekeeper. It's kind of like rollers because rollers is a mashup of bocce ball bowling and horseshoes. They're just uh-huh. combining things that have been on the market for a while yeah. and just put in a, a new direction.
1: Yeah. I I, to- I saw that and I totally get it because uh, we've got a lot of friends that love to play games and, and when the weather's good, we're playing outdoor games, cornhole and um, yep. uh, washers and everything else. And it, the issue is especially if there's drinking involved or if there's a lot, <laughs> lot going on around you right, there's a lot right. of distraction, kids running around whatever, you forget what the score is and then it's then it can turn into an argument really easily. so um, keeping good score you know is very very important especially when if you're playing with competitive people I mean if you got you know <laughs> if you got a lot at stake at a yard game you know you got to pay attention to that score. So we're I totally trying to we're it.
0: trying to eliminate those arguments, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, and so how did you, how did you go about? Did the idea just pop in your head one day, or what was did it just kind of was a slow rise?
0: It's definitely a slow rise. So as I retired from the military, I uh, got a chance to play a little bit more golf, and so at the same point. Uh, there's been times when I was in the golf cart and my scorecard flew away or I didn't want to use a scorecard, but I always had a a beverage in hand for the most part. And Mm -hmm. I thought right in front of the golf cart, there are always two spots for maybe, maybe four, for having a drink. Mm -hmm. And I thought that would be very simple to just reach forward and click into place, whatever your score is to keep, keep up to date. Mm -hmm. Um, that was one idea. Uh, and then the same thing that you just mentioned is just keeping the game, you know, up to date on the score. A lot of times people are trying to keep it in their mind and, you know, then they're trying to hold a conversation and be socially engaged with other people. You know, kids are running around and then you're playing a game of cornhole or rollers or, or bocce ball. And before you know it, you said, what was the score again? You were 14, you were six, you no, know, it was 15 2 yeah. you know, and, you know, and so that was just trying to keep everything straightforward. Wow. And, and,
1: so the one for golf, like, it just keeps the score for you, for your score, right? You keep you keep track of your score, and if yep. the other guy in the golf cart with these guy went his, then he's using it on his tumbler. So, um, yeah, that that's I think you got something here. I really do. That's an awesome idea.
0: Well, and then that was the thing with Kickstarter too is what wanted to give that a try is because it's market validation as well, right? Because I put it out, make a page and there's a video on it. It shows the journey of the different prototypes that I've made and people can see that. Um, and then I want to make sure that people actually want this product because what if I went and made 5,000 of these products and then you know I run into inventory management, meaning nobody's buying them. Mm-hmm. So this helped me validate that there's a need and a want in the market for the tally tumbler. And so, like you said, yesterday is when we finally received that market validation where we put a goal of $10,000 and we reached that and we still have uh, eight more days to go in the campaign. And so we're still raising additional funds for the campaign, but uh, at least I know that I'm on to something by getting that market validation and reaching the campaign goal.
1: Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the details of Kickstarter? Because I've had a little bit of experience with Kickstarter, but it's not like you just throw a couple of pictures on Kickstarter and you're (laughs) done. I mean, you really have to put a lot of quality effort into your Kickstarter campaign.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, you, you want to talk about why you're bringing the product to market? You know, what what was the pain point? What's your solution? Uh, the the video is really key to helping explain all of those those things. You know, why are you buying this product? How is it different from what what else is out there? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the things that we talked about through the page. So I tried to think about uh, psychologically if you opened up the page, how would you go through explaining to somebody. About the product, you know, what's the problem? What's the solution? Here's our journey. Here's why you should buy it. Here's when you're going to get the product. And so there's that. But I mean, you have to have really clean graphics, you have to have a great video. So that takes a lot of time. It's not something you can just slap up there with a dark background or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the sunset or the light is just not shining properly. I mean, you have to get things professionally done. That's real important to it, to make it just clean for people to to come across. Yeah. And again, it's, uh, you know, friends and family that are on there, but you're getting, you're getting, uh, this is going out to anybody that's on there with Kickstarter, anyone that has backed a uh, prior campaign, for kickstarter they're getting a newsletter and a lot of times your product is going to be in there and luckily if you are ours was and then that's when other people are seeing it and you don't want to get them to the page and then you just have these really unclean not great looking pictures that kind of just takes away from the product and the company itself Mm
1: -hmm. did you actually there are actually companies that you can hire that will do your kickstarter campaign for you did you do anything like that or you did most of the work yourself
0: so I did as much free research, which I recommend to anyone listening, do as much as you can on your own. And Kickstarter has evolved over the years. So I've gone back to reading articles um, you know, from six, seven years ago, and I know that it's evolved into different trigger points that... Uh, Kickstarter, like for example, once you get fully funded, then Kickstarter will organically push it up the visibility a lot higher versus it's kind of like you're pushing the boulder up the hill to get to that campaign goal. And once you do then Kickstarter kind of helps out because Mm -hmm. you also pay a little bit of a portion to Kickstarter. You pay them 5% of reaching that goal. So that's Mm -hmm. how they're paid for through that. Um, And then you also have to have... um, a little bit. So, because of rollers, I felt like I had a fairly good demographics for Tally Tumblr. So, I have, I have a large newsletter distribution. I've got about seventy thousand emails. So, I was able to kind of get a head start by sharing the Tumblr with all of my uh, rollers uh-huh. uh, audience that have purchased in the past, which helped out quite a bit.
1: <clears throat> wow, that's awesome! Um, so, um, now that you've Been fully funded with Kickstarter. You'll be able to use that money for product development and manufacturing.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, what's different about uh, rollers is it's a wood outdoor game. So there's it's all handcrafted. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's lacquered. It's silk screened. Everything like that. It's basically a lot is done with uh, hand manufacturing. With uh, the tumbler, with the tally tumbler, is molds are needed to create it, and so that is something, it's a new journey for me to learn. And so we've created, uh, we're on to our fourth prototype just to make sure, cause we want to make sure we have a solid quality looking product out there. Mm. And so that evolution of R and D has been, has been going on for the past year. We've been, we've been working on this, uh, because I just, I don't want to get a, a, a product out on the market. Uh, that is just not a quality product, and and here's what's kind of changing in the online and e-commerce business as we're as we're pivoting that direction. More and more people are relying on purchasing things online. Is uh, is online reviews? So if I got a, a product that was just kind of, you know, just okay, just average. Uh, I'm going to get a bunch of just average reviews or okay reviews or, you know, potentially poor reviews, and that's going to really set you up for failure. So I feel like, at least in my opinion, coming out the gates, I want to make sure that I'm coming out strong and ahead of it. And people are, uh, you know, I almost over give them what they were expecting, you know, mm-hmm. and so that that's kind of what my hope is with this product.
1: Yeah, um, I've definitely got some experience with making molds over over in China, and you know the, you know like with my experience, like oh like oh I'd like, love to have this made in the U.S. And I tried everything possible to make it in the U.S. And most manufacturing companies in the U.S. wouldn't even talk to me. They wouldn't even answer, return my call. I mean, if you're not one of the big guys. They don't even want to mess with you, and 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 their their cost of entry is to make a mold with a U.S. manufacturer was like thirty or forty thousand dollars, and it was only good for so many runs. Then you had to go buy the seventy five thousand dollars special mold, and then in China I could get one for two or three grand.
0: It's like just Run, as good. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you yeah. just
1: can't. I mean, how, how do you do? You just can't compete with that.
0: No, we're on the same page. That's exactly the research that that I've done as well. I mean, I, I would love to have it manufactured in the U.S. I may try and pivot pivot into mm-hmm. the future if I can do that by having a mold maybe manufactured there and see if I can bring those back to the U.S. Mm-hmm. But um, that's that's what the journey is with with the product development is you know. I, I I was I was working with and I'm working with a company that I've that I have trust in that I've worked with in the past. And so there's there's a lot of that into the relationship as well, because I think there's it's uh, very risky to go overseas and you're exchanging money um, and sending product. And you have to have contracts in place too. So for example, I've got a mold contract in place. I also have a performance contract in place. I have minimum order quantities in place an operating agreement in place. So, I mean, any of your listeners more than welcome to ever reach out to me. I mean, you know, Joe and I are always here to help um, guide you in the right direction. If you've ever run into that, you know, what are, what are those contracts you're talking about, Matt? I mean, but I learned that over time that these are things I want to have in place. Here's another one, a non-compete, a non-compete. I want to make sure that they don't sell or use my molds to give to somebody else the same product and also Mm -hmm. a non-disclosure agreement. Those are very, very common and probably the first thing you want to have anybody sign before even talking to them about your idea.
1: Yeah. And possibly if it's being made in China, you might want to look at getting the trademark or patent, the Chinese trademark or patent also, or at least be in the process of that. Yes. Um, know somebody that's running into that issue. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, uh, so how far along are you in the development process with, with your uh, tally tumbler? Like, like when would we might, when do you hope to see it on the market?
0: So we've got four um, prototypes that are made. First one we had was called a rapid prototype. And so basically that's where you're seeing those rapid prototype machines where it's basically pasting everything together and, and making things. You see the machines that are doing that. You basically give it a a CAD. So it's a software of, of uh, image of it and then it prints it out. So it's like a 3D printer for the most part. Uh-huh. That was the first one just to make sure. Do we have the right sizing? Do we have the right amount of, uh, you know, we're starting with a 30 ounce tumbler. And so make sure do we have the right quantity of liquid in there? And Uh,
1: the rapid prototypes usually like limited in like, it may not look that great. Or, or limited in functionality kind of stuff with it. Is, is that right? or
0: Exactly. And, and, do, and do me a favor. And I know you'll have a link in there, but when you go to the Tumblr page, what I did is I created a journey that starts off like the very first prototype. It's uh-huh. all clear plastic. You're just like, you look at it and you go, what is that? That's just the concept. And then you yeah. move down to the next one and now you've got color and that one's called a CNC prototype. That's where they take a, a big piece of plastic and then they like saw it down and into what the product's going to look like so that one that you're going to see on the video it still is not the stainless steel tumbler itself that's actually plastic that's silver so it looks like it it represents it but that's still part of the prototype phasing now the next phase is we're getting the molds actually created. And then that's when we're going to start, you know, getting the retail ready product mm-hmm. developed. And so once the molds are created, and that's a very risky process because I wanted to make sure that the manufacturer, of that mold knew hundred percent that things were correct. Cause he, there's not a whole lot of room of adjustments, very small tweaks you can do. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where I've got a lot of money invested into it. And I want to make sure that it, it comes back. Um, You know, correctly. Last thing you want to do is create another mold. You can imagine how you know expensive that would be. And so, our goal right now, uh, this is the funding is giving money for the molds, giving funding towards uh, shipping and minimum order quantity. Um, Anyone that backs the project right now is guaranteed to get a product. We're committed to everybody, and they're getting it at a twenty-five percent off the retail price right now. So you're getting it at a discount right now but our plan is to get you the product by Memorial day. That's when we plan to get it out there. So awesome. it's actually, we don't have any created right now. I should get the first prototype with the stainless steel mold probably in the next month.
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Wow. That's going to be exciting. Um, you know, when you talked about making a, a rapid prototype and basic mold and gradually, like as you showed it to certain people, I've run into this with some of my own products you like show them something and they focus on the fact that it's clear or it's not pretty (laughs) like, no dude, look at the functionality it keeps your score. And isn't it funny dealing with people like, like you ever run into that? Like I almost don't want to tell anybody what my idea is because I don't want to have to listen to them criticize it because they just don't get it.
0: They get focused on the visual (laughs) of it and they just go, aren't you going to have different colors on this? You're like, yeah, that's not the goal of it. The goal is to make sure the functionality of the rings twist around and you know, the lid connects properly and we have the right diameter. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, if it was you and I talking and you said, well, this is my CNC prototype, I'm going to go, okay, I, I know, yeah. I know where we're at here. Well, this is a rapid prototype. Okay. Yeah. I know where we're at here. Yeah. It's
1: interesting when you discuss ideas with certain people, they, they just, it, it just doesn't, so you gotta, you gotta be careful who you sh- not just like share your ideas with, because they might steal them or something, but you gotta be careful who you trust, you know, like your, your, your uncle that's never invented anything in his life and has no concept of what it's like to invent. something, might not be the best guy to mention it to, you know? Um, I was just curious if you run into that kind of stuff because it sometimes it's, it, it's, you can easily get discouraged by sharing your idea with the wrong person. And sometimes even the people closest to you might not be the ones you want to be talking to. <laughs>
0: No, you're a hundred percent right. I mean, even to the point where somebody might be familiar with retail, mm-hmm. but they're not familiar with the manufacturing aspect of retail. Maybe yeah. they owned a retail store and they purchased from other wholesalers to get the product in, but they mm-hmm. don't actually know the manufacturing that goes behind everything. And so when I go into a store and a retailer and I see something on the shelves, I look at it from a completely different mindset. I'm looking at the packaging, I'm looking at where it's manufactured. I'm looking at, um, you know, all the different types of plastics that are into it and different things, cost cutting measures they have in there. I think once he gets things manufactured, you just look at things at a different light. And at the same point, I look at things, I know how much, uh, something is to get made, how much they're wholesaling it and how much they're retailing for. And so when I know all of these different amounts here, I just go, Oh, why am I paying this amount? Cause I know how much it's to get manufactured, but that's part of the game. You know, everybody's yeah. trying to make a little bit of money along the way.
1: Yeah. It definitely makes you look at things differently when you're in the stores and stuff like that. So anyways. Um, so how do we find, how do we find Matt Butler and how do we find rollers and tally tumbler?
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. So rollers is a registered trademark. So it's spelled a little differently than how you might have it in your mind. So it's spelled dot com. You can find me, you can reach out to me if you need to on there. You can find rollers on Amazon, Wayfair, Etsy, Target. I could go on and on Dick's Sporting Goods, Shields, awesome. Camping World, REI. Okay. But Tally Tumblr, you can find that on tallytumbler.com as well. We currently have a Kickstarter, so if you typed in Tally Tumblr on a search engine, I'm sure that that Kickstarter page would come up. And that's the page you want to go to if you want to get it at that 25% discount. We've got about eight more days of the campaign, and then we'll be bringing inventory to the U.S., and then you'll probably find it uploaded on all those previous locations I just talked about, like Amazon, Wayfair, and such.
1: Wow, that's awesome, man. Can't wait to see it out there and see how good the Tally Tumblr does. Um, Last word. If you're talking to somebody from the military community out there and they've got a product idea, they're looking to take it to market. What kind of ideas come to mind? What kind of advice would you have for them?
0: I would say go to market with your minimal viable product. Uh, Just really don't take too long, you know, waiting to make sure that you've got every aspect of the business. Perfect. Even rollers I've had on the market, like I said, for seven years, there are little things that evolve. Packaging, zippers, things like that. But get the product out there and just get going with it. Mm -hmm. Find a good mentor out there.
1: Awesome. Great advice. All right, Matt, good talking with you again. And uh, like I said, man, I can't wait to see the Tally Tumber when it comes out. I'm going to be ordering several of them off your Kickstarter campaign here pretty soon for all our friends. All right, take care. Awesome. Thanks so much. You bet. These two veterans are Oscar Mike.